0: following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We have been focusing, and we're going to continue to kind of focus on it as we go into Advent, only it's going to be um, more dialed into different aspects of who Jesus is, but we've been focusing on worship and a heart of worship and what that means for us. We've been looking at different ways that we worship the Lord. Hopefully, in this time that we've been observing it um, or, or exploring it together, we've changed what we imagine when we talk about worship from singing and dancing and raising hands or from it being a music genre, which is my least favorite thing when we think about worship going, oh yeah, that's a style of music. That we would change what we imagine from those things to this picture and this posture of full surrender to who the Lord is and what he's done. And so one of the distinctions that we've made is worship is our response to who he is and what he's done. Who he is it elicits praise that comes from our mouth where we begin to declare and to say who he is and what his character is. And there are places in songs, this has been happening to me over the last several weeks, where a song will sing something about his loving kindness or a song will sing about his mercy or there'll be a line about um, how he's a redeemer and something will well up on the inside of me that says, that's my favorite thing about you. Like something just comes out, which makes me a liar because I say it about a lot of different things. But there's something in that moment of beholding and praising and extolling the truth about who he is that becomes the biggest thing in my life in that moment and my most favorite thing about him. And so I want to encourage us, even even if there's a song and it has a lot of different words, if there's one piece of it that's sticking out to you, you have permission to stop singing the other words and to just meditate on that reality of what the Lord's speaking to you about his character. Because that's the Holy Spirit's work in us. When he draws our attention to some aspect of the nature of God, and if we'll turn aside and we'll yield to that, and we'll lean into that, it will begin to expand and become bigger. And I want him to be the biggest thing in my life. (laughs) I want him to to be the thing that, that fills my view more than anything else. But it takes intention. It takes this stopping for a moment, and not just, again, singing past the familiar truth of his everlasting love, Or the familiar truth of how he's a redeemer, and allowing ourselves to feel the the weight of that and the gravity of that. And so we've been invited into doing that throughout these last few weeks. One thing that I want to give us uh, liberty in is to recognize that that response to those realities looks different for all of us. And there are times when we can say, well, This person responds this way or this person responds, and that's worship. But we need to recognize that as unique as he's made us, he's made our response in worship. Nobody can worship him the way that you worship him. And while I want to encourage you to be willing to yield your body, your your voice, your words to him, we need to have liberty to know that that gets to look different for all of us. Amen? Good. Amen. So we have been exploring that together, worship as a response to who he is, and then secondarily, and we're going to talk more about this today, as a response to what he's done, which in the Bible is called thanksgiving. So who he is is praise. It's calling forth and declaring who he is. And thanksgiving is about what he's done. It's acknowledging that the goodness in our lives, the victory we've had, the the salvation we're experiencing, all of that, that it comes from him, and we're going to offer back to him thanks for that. When we see the poor cared for, we see this in the Bible, that there is an offering of thanksgiving for the fact that the poor were cared for, and that justice was done for the widow, and there was an offering of thanks back to him. I believe that there's times that we think that is our work and our effort and our praise as, as mankind. When we begin to think that the, the poor can be cared for or that justice can be done by man alone apart from God, we lose that sense of thanksgiving and we lose his lordship and his kingship in those areas. I don't know what that's about, but that wasn't here. But I think it's important for us to recognize that he is the one that all good gifts come from. And so we've talked about this aspect of when I praise him for something, it's not until I have worshipped, as in surrendered to and given him lordship, that that reality of who he is can now be Lord in my life. When, when we talk about him being the Prince of Peace, and we say, be, come and be the Prince, I need your peace. <laughs> but we need to then make sure that he's able to reign, that he, is, he has been enthroned in our life so that we can receive that peace. When we talk about these different aspects of his nature, then what we, our response is to submit to those realities of who he is. And the same is true in thanksgiving. Pastor Bob talked about last week how we can continually worship. And he's not talking about having worship music on Alexa all day long in the background, although that's, you know, part of it. Can I just touch on this for one minute. It is awesome for us to fill our homes with worship. Yeah. It is, it is, there is a presence that comes when the, the truths of the Lord, for the sake of who he is, is being poured out into our homes. But one thing I have felt a caution in is turning to worship for entertainment. That, that there's times where I go, well, I just, I want to listen to something, and I'm a Christian, so I don't listen to this kind of music, so I'm just going to put this kind of music on. And there's something that's been happening to me where I can't just put that on and not be completely drawn into the reality of what these songs are singing. I really believe that he doesn't want to just be the background music to our lives but that we would actually on purpose it's one thing to have music playing which is good but to actually on purpose in the same way that we purpose to read the word in the same way that we purpose to pray that we would purpose to turn aside in worship and for me I actually kind of have to differentiate this is entertainment this is worship and it's difficult for me to use the same songs for both, I guess, to be honest. So we need, we need some more Christian entertainment music maybe so that we have somewhere we can just kind of think about good thoughts. And, but when it's really worship, that we would actually turn aside and, and key in to what it's saying and what, what is true about him. Also not in here. Um, So we talked about last, uh, last week this place of being continually in worship, but more about, again, the posture of our life, that we are continually in worship through turning our attention to him, through leaning into who he is, through our obedience to him, through doing things the way that he's asking us to do them, through how we manage our thoughts. It is an act of worship for me when I have a certain thought pattern coming in, and I go, oh, when I take those thoughts captive and bring them in obedience to Christ, that's an act of worship. That is an act of surrendering to the reality of who he is. Does this thought glorify God? Not really. So I bring it in obedience to him, and that becomes an act of worship. So there's this ongoing practice of of bringing ourselves in submission to him and responding to his love. Another thing that's so helpful for us to recognize is that this love that we give back to him, we don't have to create it in ourselves. We don't have to come up with it because it's basically just us receiving his love for us And then in turn, giving it back to him. And it becomes this this cycle and this awareness of his love allows me then to respond in love to him. I think there's times when we feel like we have to like drum up emotions. And the reality is if we will just get into a place where we let his spirit resonate within us, the reality of his love for us, the reality of who he is, worship is going to just come out of that because we begin to... How do, you, how do you feel towards somebody who just adores you? Maybe you've had like a grandparent or you had a, a mom or a dad or someone, you know, hopefully your spouse. <laughs> For sure your, your spouse, right? There's something when, when their adoration is pointed at you that it makes it very easy to return that. It's still a choice. We still have a choice. Many of our kids have adoration pointed at them, and it'll be a few years until they begin to return it. (laughs) But what's different about the adoration that I can point at my kids is that God's is perfect and mine is not. So we have a perfect father... A perfect God who is loving us perfectly. And then we get to respond to Him out of love through worship, not out of our own sense of emotions. It's still a choice, but we don't have to to come up with it. We still have the choice whether we're going to give it back to Him. So, worship is, is that response. And so one of the things that we've been considering as we've been looking at this concept of, of worshiping the Lord wholeheartedly and responding to that invitation is to consider our posture. Don't we love to think about our posture? Everybody, like, like 12 of you went when I said the word posture. It's so funny. Um, but to consider our posture of worship, one of the things that I've been con- considering as, as, I, as I've, the Holy Spirit's been moving in me in awe and wonder of who God is and what he's done, because I've asked him to do that, because I asked him, because I said, it's becoming very ordinary to me and I don't want it to become ordinary. And so the Holy Spirit began to just awaken that reality to me, and I've come into this place of awe and wonder. And as that's been happening, then I consider, okay, now how surrendered am I to that reality of who he is? Last week, I can't remember what song we were singing, it had something to do about him being worthy and receiving all the praise or something like that. Those are the ones that usually get me. And there was something in me that was crying out to the Lord and saying, what else is left? What else is left that is not surrendered to you? Not thinking that there isn't something, because I want you to know there's lots of things, but asking him, what else is, because I just can't, I I just want to surrender everything to you. And I began to ask him to show me what else is left that is not surrendered to you? What, What thoughts, what, aspects of my life or roles that I have or things that I think need to be done or dreams or disappointments or what else is left that isn't surrendered to you? This time that we've been focusing on a heart of worship and seeing it as an act of surrender to God gives us an opportunity to ask him, what what haven't I given to you yet? What haven't I fully released to you? Because worship isn't just about admiration. It's about lordship. And I think sometimes we can think, okay, worship is about admiration, and I think God's a pretty good guy, and I love Jesus, and he's great, and, but there's something he's calling the body to in lordship, and he's giving us his Holy Spirit to be able to do it. It's by his Spirit, not only that we see him and, and that, that we praise him and that we have thanksgiving, but it's by his Holy Spirit that we're able then to yield to his lordship. And so we think about the different areas of our lives, and there's some areas, like for example, some of us, Sunday mornings are really under his lordship because we've determined, and that's, I'm not, that's not tongue-in-cheek. That's a good thing when we've said, Lord, I'm going to give this space to you. But then there's other parts of our lives. Is, is my parenting under his lordship? Or do I still think that I have a better plan or I have the way or I need to worry or I need to... Is my job and the things that I do for my job under His Lordship. So that is the invitation that we've been responding to. Today I want to focus on, because I feel like we've been focusing some on praise, today I want to focus on Thanksgiving and the ways that God directs us to both come to Him in praise and thanksgiving. In Psalm 148, it says, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And so we look to his character and his goodness and his mercy and his his love and we praise him. But thanksgiving is about giving thanks for what he's done. In Isaiah 12, verse four, it says, on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the people, make them remember that his name is exalted. In Psalm 106.1, it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. In Psalm 104, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. In Ephesians, Paul instructs us to be filled with the Spirit and to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is meant to be an aspect not just of our own personal gratitude, but it's meant to be a corporate experience that we have, the giving of thanks to God that we would publicly declare in front of one another that we're giving thanks to God. And so I want to, oh, okay. Uh, One of the ways that we are going to give thanks today, we talked last week about uh, taking up an offering. There's two ways we're going to give thanks today. One is we're going to give an offering above and beyond what we would regularly give, and hopefully you've had a chance to talk with the Lord a little bit about what that looks like. Can I encourage you that even if you are in a place where you can't give a lot, that you give something, even if it's just a small amount, as an offering of thanks to the Lord? Not because we're concerned about the need... Or that, but because we want to give God thanks together as a body, corporately, and we believe it that opens up breakthrough in our lives, it opens up uh, an acknowledgement that everything we have comes from Him. So, we're, we're going to give us an opportunity uh, to give in just a second. And the other thing that I wanted us to to do together is I wanted to have just a few people share a couple of short testimonies, because the point of the testimony is to give thanks to God, and so it's going to be, I'm thanking the Lord for that he did this and this and this in my life. And so hopefully, again, if you got the newsletter on Saturday, a couple of you have thought ahead, what would I want to thank the Lord for? And I want to encourage you, some of you have testimonies that you say, oh, people have heard this. Or, oh, I, I talk, I've already talked about this to somebody. And again, I want us to remember that the familiar is not ordinary. That the testimony of God, your salvation testimony... How many of you have heard Pastor Dave's salvation testimony? Rachel? (laughs) That's his daughter. He has testified publicly many times to what the Lord has done in his life through salvation with thanksgiving. And he jokes about, you know, his kids saying, oh, don't tell that story again, And probably sometimes I go, oh, we've heard this story. But there was a time that he told his testimony, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something, where the reality of it hit me. That this is not ordinary, even though I'm familiar with it. And there was something in his testimony that I just went, God, you're so good. As if I was hearing it for the first time, even though I wasn't. So I want to encourage you in that. I think the men practiced two-minute testimonies at the huddle. We did. Okay, so at least a couple of you guys should be able to maybe come and do your two-minute testimony uh, of how the Lord changed your life. Uh, But, okay, we're going to go ahead and receive uh, an offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. And um, I guess if you need an envelope, raise your hand. And you're going to probably write thanksgiving on it. How about that? Or thanks, God, or whatever you want to write. It should include the word thanks. You can also give online either by getting this QR code, if I'm not blocking it or whatever, Um, or on our website there's a drop-down for Thanksgiving offering. If you are joining us online, you can go to our website and... um, Under giving, there's a drop-down for Thanksgiving offering. But this is our acknowledgement to the Lord and of gratitude for what he's done in the year that's been. But I feel like it's also an offering towards the next year of thanks and of our, our appreciation to him for his provision for us and for making a way to be able to do the things that he's called us to do, both as individuals and as the body. Oh my goodness. If you are willing to share a testimony, would you come and sit in this these front few rows? Don't be shy. Publicly give thanks to the Lord. Okay, I just want to read this verse really quick. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, Uh, verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, our heart is always that you would give in accordance what the Lord has spoken to you. We're not going to try to convince or coerce. We just, we just trust you and the Lord to talk and to know. Um, that you should give as you've purposed in your heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything... You may have abundance for every good deed. This is our gift of thanksgiving to the Lord in recognition that we will have abundance. We have had abundance for every good deed that he has called us to as a body. In verse 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So we are giving a gift today in honor of our gratitude to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.